0: The Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chachinski and Dog Bark24. Welcome everyone to episode 86 of the Red Diamond Courier. I'm here with you, as always, your host, Bob Chachinsky, here with my very good friend, Dog Bark 24 How's it going, my dude?
1: It's uh, going pretty good. How are you?
0: Doing good, man. Doing good. And we are uh, excited to be here this week covering the second half of these patch notes for Update 33 and the Ascending Tide. So, yeah pretty exciting we got a lot to talk about um they surprised us with an awesome little event this weekend that's pretty cool um so yeah i guess we should just start right off with the
1: news and it looks
0: like we got a pretty good deal of it
1: yeah um well first off uh we have the pcna uh, dungeon fighter it's a bit broken from the patch um also on PCNA sometimes that there's been long load times during prime time but only some days it's not every day which is kind of weird. Uh the other weird thing is that PCEU Dungeon Finder seems to work just fine. So as far as I could tell this is just like a PCNA thing.
0: Which yeah, is Yeah, super again, really random. Weird. Yeah. It's like what the heck how I mean they got the same uh, You know like DLC so. yeah. I mean, yeah What it's... broke And uh, I mean We It's Sunday night and We just sat in the dungeon finder With three of us just looking for one DPS I Took us in and out of it for We sat in it forever We could not find one dungeon So something's wrong with it But uh, Yeah I don't know I hope they get it fixed soon. Hopefully, this doesn't happen for consoles. Like, hopefully, I can identify it and somehow figure out how to get it fixed before it goes to consoles.
1: Yeah, hopefully, or, or hopefully maybe it'll you get only the happen EU to, version.
0: yeah. <laughs> maybe it'll only happen to EU and not NA. <laughs> I don't I don't want to wish that on anyone, but for the sake of dogs' sanity.
1: All right. Next up, we have a sharding and cold storage update. Uh, Kevin uh, put uh, on the forums. He said, uh, "Hey, y'all, just a heads up that sharding and cold storage will occur on PCNA Mega Server on Monday, March twenty-first, during our Monday maintenance. As with the previous maintenance, expects this to take several hours to complete." Thank you. So, more cold storage is happening. So. I think we now have done Xbox EU, Xbox NA, PSN and NA, and now PC. Why was
0: PC NA the so, last
1: one? I don't know. That is That, weird. that was so, weird. Whatever.
0: And of course, that's for this update that's happening right now. So that means I yeah. probably will not get to play anymore tonight. But is what it is.
1: No, I'll just play on PC EU, where the dungeon that's true. is working. That's true. Level up some characters. Or I could play on, like, a
0: console. Yeah, level Xbox. up things. <laughs> Um, You know, uh, speaking of that, randomly, I saw on Twitter Rich Lambert, uh, creative director for ESO. I don't know if he got, like, a PS5 or something, but he was playing, like, he had started ESO on PlayStation recently, and I was like, oh, that's cool, man. Living the uh, console life a little bit, you know, spread the love.:
1: That is pretty cool. Uh, it would be cooler for you if it's on Xbox, but that's OK. Mm.
0: Well, that I could definitely agree with. So we do have, as I was saying, this cool little event, the Explorer Celebration. They turned it on for the weekend, really for five days. So uh, we've got double gold, double XP, and double resource nodes for all of Tamriel. This is something I have long advocated for, I mean, ever since, uh, definitely since we started the podcast. Even before that, uh, whenever, you know, our guild or anyone will be talking about events, And, uh, anything, like, I was always like, I really just wish they would have double XP weekends, you know? Like, I grew up playing, uh, you know, like, Halo online and stuff, and a lot of first-person shooters will do stuff like that. Like, oh, double XP weekend, like, everyone go freaking crazy, go hard, have a great time. Um, and it's just like a surprise little thing, and it's fun, and it gets you, uh, involved in the game. And uh I've also long thought when they do like these anniversary for the Gold Coast and stuff, they'll do like double resource nodes. And I've always been like they need to have some kind of little event where or, or like a week of like, you know, this other like, you know, these base zones will get that kind of treatment because when you give like double resource nodes all over Uh, I believe maybe the anniversary event does that too for all over, but I don't know. Uh, Regardless, it really uh, incentivizes everyone to go out and, uh, you know, go to your favorite zones and be able to, you know, do what you want to do and get rewarded from it for this cool little thing. It just, like, incentivizes you to spend some time in Elder Scrolls on the weekend. It's just a great idea, and I really, really hope we see more of this. I hope this is a a sign of you know like they did this cool thing next time let's get a little pvp weekend going let's get double ap in cyrodiil uh you know and across all forms of ways you could gain it and uh just let everyone go have a great crazy weekend in doing some pvp so i just really think that's cool really applaud this uh and I hope that it's more to come, less less, you know, crazy anniversary events. More little stuff like this would be really awesome. I think.
1: Yeah, this also kind of coincides with the Sea of Thieves uh, fourth anniversary event. It's like the same dates oh, almost. Really? So I've kind of been like, yeah, because they have like double gold and double. Uh, like double re- reputation earned and all that kind of stuff so I was like man really want to do some ESO but then again Sea of Thieves sounds pretty uh, tempting too especially since my brother actually plays Sea, sea of Thieves he's like hey do you want to play? I'm like yeah I want to yeah, play. Yeah <laughs> I feel that man whereas he doesn't play yeah, ESO I, really, so.
0: I wish that I've gotten more time to do some ESO this weekend too with all this stuff but you know I've just been, uh, we've been doing a lot of band rehearsal and stuff, so, it is what it is, life gets in the way, but it, it is cool that, uh, you know, they have got us both wanting to really be like, oh my god, you know, I really wish, I really want to go spend some time in ESO too, uh, even when there's other, uh, great options going on, so, it's a good event, I'm happy. Yeah. And I know, like, a lot of our guild members and stuff have been uh, uh, saying that they've been really able to take advantage of it, get a lot of uh, champion points and everything, and level up their, uh, you know, other characters and stuff. So it's really cool. And I have uh, got to do my Ritz every day. 10K on each character? Are you kidding me? That is just... I almost wanted to go make like all the other characters i can make just to fill up and uh keep getting uh you know more gold but i didn't and i have not even done it on my writs on my low characters because i'm saving the ap scrolls on them though i don't want to touch them because you know gotta make a random end yeah. push one day right you know or, or honestly, what I'm really yeah. gonna do? I mm-hmm. want to spoil someone else's M push, like Graham did to mine that time. And just like, oh, I have a double XP AP girl. I'll <laughs> help your M push, but I'll just happen to get M first. But I'll help you after, you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Graham. Uh, thank you for all the help. But that is exactly what happened.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh uh I was uh, also attempting to make four more characters on uh, Xbox, but they would all, all have been Templars and then I'd have to do like all the crafting stuff. It's like that seems like too much work, so I decided not to do it. Even though it was very tempting for, you know, an extra forty K gold a day right. for like five days, but then it was like it takes too much setting up for characters plus all my other characters that that still need stuff, it, it was yeah. just not worth it.
0: As, and I love how you have to state that they would all be Templars, as if that would have ever been a question yeah. in anyone's <laughs> mind, you
1: know? But yeah,
0: that's good. Yeah. Good to know. Like,
1: I have four Templars already on there. One's an under-vet with, like, everything that I could ever want to have done, except for, like, skill points. And the other three are actual, like, different builds, kind of, for the most part. So they, they're all, like, different. In their own little way. so I can't make four more clones of a clone. That's that, That's what PC is. You already have that account,
0: right? <laughs> so, yeah. uh, this event will be coming to an end, unfortunately. Uh, but we should have another one
1: starting soon, right, Dogged? Hopefully. Yep, yeah, Jester's Festival is coming soon to a Tamriel near you. Probably on March 24th to april 4th um they should have an article up by the time this episode comes out because they do seem
0: to do that their timing is perfect in (laughs) fact i bet when i upload this episode the moment i click it they'll be like here's the, the article
2: yep probably i could see it yeah
0: Oh, so that will coincide with the uh, console release for the DLC if it comes out those days.
1: Yes. Oh, it'll most definitely coincide the console release. Like, there's no way that you're gonna have like uh, Jester's Festival for five days. Yeah, and it it start on the March 30th to like April 6th. Like, that would be weird.
0: Yeah, they Possible, usually don't go too weird. far past uh, yeah. April Fool's Day. It's usually the 3rd or 4th there. And yeah, judging by the fact that the 4th is going to be a Tuesday. Yeah. Probably right on. Um, so yeah, very, very interesting stuff. Uh, like we are saying a bit ago, the Jester's Festival is going to have some new stuff this year for the first time in quite a while. So Exciting. All right, my man, so let's get into some PvP scores before we talk about some of these more patch note uh, changes and things going on. So right off the bat, we're talking about Greyhost, and we are talking about PC first off, which has 25 days left, and their campaign, still pretty fresh. We've got, on the NA side of things, DC in the lead! 17k EP in second 15.2k and AD in third at 14.8k Now on the EU side of things EP is leading 17.3k DC is right behind them at 15.8k and AD is a uh, little bit little bit further back 13k so It's looking good uh DC is leading one of them, so I can't really complain at all about that. And dog, how are things looking on Xbox?
1: Alright, well for Xbox NA, there's uh, 10 days left in the campaign. And we have DC in first with 62.7k, followed by EP with 60k, and AD in last with 57.7k. So, from last week to this week, DC pulled ahead. So, and by DC a little bit, DC in too. the lead. DC in the lead.
0: That's so fantastic, man. Brings a tear to my eye.
1: Yeah. You'll like this next one. So, for Xbox EU, DC is in the lead again, but with 94K.
0: Getting close to that 100K mark. Okay. Okay.
1: Plus, there's 10 days left of the campaign. So, right.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, they're going to hit 100K. Yeah,
1: definitely. Uh, Then you have AD in second with 49.5k, and then EP in last with (laughs) 48.7k.
0: You're telling me (laughs) that they've almost essentially doubled the score of the other factions.
1: Yeah, they're getting there.
0: Oh, my God. You could almost add up AD and EP's score, (laughs) and DC would still be winning. I believe if they achieve that, then pretty much everyone else just has to stop playing. Like, they lose forever. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that is insane, dude. Like, what the heck? The map just must be blue. the All day.
1: Every day.
2: Yeah, probably.
1: Like, Although, these coming? are mid-year campaigns, so, you know, mid-year yeah. is, is weird.
2: Definitely uh, attributes some wonkiness to that. Well, I guess
0: uh, DC is going to win that one. (laughs) So We got DC in the lead. Quite a few so far. So let's see how things are going on PlayStation. Uh, We've got Ebonheart packed at 72K and first on the NA side of things. Once again, 10 days left. And 80 trailing them at 59k DC, and last unfortunately, bringing up the caboose 51k. Now, on the EU side of things, we once again have Evan Hart back in the lead. So, uh, where DC was sweeping Xbox, now EP is uh sweeping PlayStation. They are at 81k, and this is also an impressive lead. Not as crazy, but DC is behind them at 48k, 80 at 47k. So, still, you know, more than 30,000 score lead. That's just, that's wild.
1: Yep, it is a pretty big lead.
0: Yeah, so big leads on the EU sides of things. And uh, that's going to wrap it up for our PvP discussion. Keeping it nice and short today because we got plenty more to talk about. And we've already rambled through the news. So um, let's get right into these patch note uh, changes we have. Dogged. Uh, so first thing we got, set
1: changes. All right. So first we have uh, Queen's Elegance. This set now grants empower for three seconds after completing a fully charged heavy attack rather than adding 2610 damage to your next direct damage attack. And uh, this one's kind of big because Queen's Elegance was a bit broken in some situations where like the 2610 was always added to your heavy attacks or your light attacks. So people would, you know, cheese that with other... Uh, sets that off will also like buff up your attacks that way too so
0: so n- next we've got the noble duelist silks and this set now adds 2681 weapon and spell damage to your light and heavy attacks rather than adding 1811 damage to these attacks so basically just got a pretty big buff and yeah, that's that's it.
1: Next up, we have a sergeant's mail. This set now adds 3,031 weapon and spell damage to your fully charged heavy attacks rather than increasing their damage by 2257. And then we also have a, a Daunted Infiltrator and a Daunted uh, Unweaver. And then these sets now add 2014 weapon and spell damage to your light and heavy attacks rather than adding 1685 Damage to these attacks. And there's also a dev comment if you want to read that, Bob.
0: Yeah, so they say that these sets have all been adjusted off flat damage modifiers on these attacks due to the nature of how these values interact with additional bonuses, causing them to double dip in effects while other modifiers do not. Rather than outright nerfing these values to the point where they would never eclipse other bonuses, we've converted them into a bonus that can still be increased with some effects, such as Major Brutality or Sorcery.
1: Alright, next up we have uh, Bahasi's Mania, and they reduced the maximum damage bonus granted from this set to 12%, down from 15%. And then the dev comment on this reads, "Uh, this set is currently pulling out too far ahead compared to other sets, creating a situation where every build every build feels like it should be running dangerously low on resources all the time or utilizing powerful contextual group sets to drop low and fill up when needed while we do want this set to reward its risks we're raining the power back a bit to let other sets shine where they do best so they're kind of nerfing the set because this set was super meta and i really didn't like this set because I don't like being low on resources, so not my style, but plenty of other people did, so.
0: So next we have Rothgar's Chill, and for this one they fixed an issue where this set was not triggering off many abilities that it should have, such as Daedric Minds or Trap Beast. And what does Rothgar's Chill even do,
1: dog? Um, I'm not really sure, but I remember uh, Bribon was wanting to use that on his warden, but none of his warden skills was procking it when they should have been procking it, so. Oh, really? Yeah, so I think this should fix it so that he can now use it, but.
0: So, um, it's five piece. Stunning or immobilizing your enemy causes them to burst with frost magic. Applying the chilled status effect and dealing 13% of their total physical and spell resistance as frost damage to themselves and enemies within 8 meters of them. This effect can occur once every 7 seconds and ignores spell resistance.
2: Yep, that's the that's what it does.
0: That's a very uh, intricate statement there, but yeah. So basically... They're going to explode with some serious frost magic when you stun or immobilize them, and uh why would that oh, Daedric Mines or Trap Beast, okay. Does Trap Beast immobilize?
1: Yeah, if you run into when they city step city, on yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Or it sends them or it something. Maybe it snares them, I don't know.
0: Okay, well that's cool, yeah. That'll be good for one. If he still wants to use it.
2: Yeah.
1: Alright, and then lastly, we have Dark Convergence. They fixed an issue where this set was failing to apply any of its damage bonuses for extra targets inside. They fixed an issue where this set's damage could end much higher than intended in some cases. They fixed an issue that this set could apply to justice-neutral enemies when prevention of attacking innocents was enabled. And then lastly, they fixed an issue where some sound effects of the set were not playing properly. So, yeah. So this set is, you know, back in action. Uh, During Skyreach, I've been getting like 30k on large mob pools. So inside of Cyrodiil, Dark Convergence is now a powerhouse and is going to do a lot of damage if there's a lot of people in it. So make sure that you watch out for a Darker Virgins still. Like it's going to be doing a lot of damage. So it's as if it
0: needed stunned. yeah, as if it needed any help because it was already pretty freaking terrible. Even though I did gold out a set to use on my own <laughs> so you know it's what it is.
1: Yeah, what I like about Skyreach is that I would just pop it on a group of uh, skeletons and then I would turn around and Dawnbreaker the other group because I know Dark Convergence just killed the first group. So
2: Yeah, and it like pulls them all together too. It's so nice. Yeah. Alright, so that's going to do it for our set
0: changes. Now we have... Uh, Some skill changes to go over. A lot of different kind of hybridizing things and uh, just some other little fixes. So, for these skill changes, player abilities that scale with your offensive stats, such as weapon damage and max stamina, will now dynamically scale with the highest of your offensive stats. So, yeah. Pretty much, uh, you know, everything has been hybridized, which I don't know if that's a real word, but I'm going to keep using it. So.
1: It sounds real enough to me, so I, I, I'll i play along with that. But uh, as a heads up, the following abilities have not received adjustments to their scaling, and that would be Backlash and its more final damage. Conjured Ward, and that morphs and Enolment in those morphs. So, the Sword Shield, the Light Armor Shield, and the Templar Backlash ability.
0: So, player abilities that grant major savagery, prophecy, brutality, or sorcery now grant both of their respective versions, such as savagery savagery and prophecy in efforts to reinforce the accessibility of hybrid stat gaining. Man, that has a full sentence right there. Note that player passives and consumables that grant the minor versions of these have not been adjusted at this time in order to preserve class unique power contribution for coordinated groups. And I'm happy about that because if you change, you know, too much, then you might end up, I don't know, breaking the Dungeon Finder or something.
1: Well, maybe. I mean, maybe (laughs) if they uh, changed that to the the Dungeon Finder would have been fine. Who's to say? (laughs) Who's to say? Yeah. But first off, we have uh, in the Soul Magic Tree, we have Soul Trap. And this ability and its morphs will not only deal magic damage, but its damage will scale dynamically. So. And then next up, we also have uh, the vampire. So there's a couple of vampire stuff. Uh, first up, we have a uh, blood frenzy and this ability and its morphs. I grant attack up to 30 weapon and spell damage rather than 600 up front. To a maximum of 10 stacks. And they decrease the tick frequency to 2 seconds down from 1 so that the ability drains health slower. And the health cost now increases by 250 per stack rather than 20% of the cost of the skill with no cap. And then lastly, they reduce the initial cost to 700 down from 1980. So the skill is changed by a lot. So yeah. So each stack is three. You can have ten stacks to a total of three hundred. So yeah, the damage is halved, but the decrease in health isn't as bad. So I don't. Really, I don't really like the skill in general. So I can't really say much about it.
0: Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. I mean, I've never been big
1: on that skill either. Yeah, the most I've seen it is like some uh stand Blade is trying to use it to snipe me and then I just uh, throw a javelin at it and it kills him because he has no health. So, yeah. Uh, the first morph is Simmering Frenzy and this morph now increases the weapon and spell damage granted to a maximum of 40 per stack rather than adding 66 damage uh, each second. The ability is toggled on with no cap. So another kind of, uh, what's it called? Nerf? Yeah. Uh, another kind of nerf towards it. So, and then the other morph is called Sated Frenzy. And this morph now also reduces the ramping cost of, of the ability to 200% down from 250. So you lose even more health now. So, and then, uh, Bob, do you want to read the dev comment?
0: This ability and its morphs are currently enabling incredibly polarizing gameplay. It feeds into an intense risk-slash-reward mechanic that can often be mitigated heavily by specialized classes and builds that stack lifesteal, paired with deep knowledge of content and combat interactions in its current form, it feels too penalizing for the base vampire experience to engage with in a satisfying way while also enabling an overwhelming amount of power for those who know how to use it properly. This iteration now significantly reduces both the penalty and the bonus of the effect to make it more accessible and balanced overall. Helping it feel more like a damage over time alternative where an ability can be active for prolonged periods of time with slightly more risk slash reward than
2: usual.
1: Yeah, so I don't really know. I I mean vampire the vampire seal lines have definitely kind of lost its, you know, uh It's uh, the vampire skill lines have definitely been dropping off the last couple of patches. Like, I think the big one was uh, when, uh, what was it called? Misform, that's what it's called. Uh, The last one was uh, whenever Misform didn't work inside of PvE, so it was like a PvP only thing. And other than that, like, the skills were like really good, almost too good when they first revamped the vampire. But then they kind of balance it, and it's like, well, a lot of the skills are good if you want to do a vampire build, but most of the time you want to have some kind of like class, some kind of like class skill line or class uh, skills that you want to kind of put in there with your vampire skills. And the vampire debuff for making your class skills cost more just isn't that great. So. And then the uh, last skill we have here is Vampiric Train, and they increase the damage done of this ability and its forced by fifty percent per tick. So this one is actually this one actually makes it a little bit better, but in comparison of like other skills, like I said before, um, yeah, the like you could definitely make a vampire build work, but it's just not like meta or anything, so.
0: So, last, we've got the, uh, one Sigic Order change for Imbue Weapon. This ability and its morphs now all cost 2700 rather than 2715 for their stamina version and 3122 for its magic version. So, that's a pretty good change.
1: Yeah, and then the uh, dev comment on this reads, uh, These abilities originally met these values on their launch, but due to the overwhelming amount of use they saw at the time, they were increased to reach the same relative cost of other spammables. Now that many spammables in the game have received some tweaks since then to further incentivize their use, we're comfortable moving these back to a cheaper cost for those players who want a lower cost spammable at the expense of class or weapon skill line synergy. So yeah, I mean, there's people who definitely like their uh, imbue weapon or whatever the other morphs are called. So those people will definitely be happy with this. So yeah, definitely a good change.
0: Alright, so as always, we wanted to re- take this little middle portion of our episode to remind you guys that we are part of the oh-so-wildly-popular Robots Radio podcast network, or if you go check us out at robotsradio.net, uh, you will be able to find us and so, so many other amazing shows that you may fall in love with almost as much as you love our cast, so... Guarantee you there's something there for everyone. Definitely go check it out.
1: Are you worried you don't have all the answers?
0: Have you ever found yourself in an internet rabbit hole?
1: Call Call Mystery Mystery Time Time Live today! today. It's
0: a new detective business. With plenty of heart. And a questionable track record. We're only in the office for an hour. Every Wednesday. Come hang out. Solve a mystery. It's a podcast. It's
1: a live show.
0: It's a swell time. Subscribe subscribe now. now. Producers of mysteries in my life ask for any autotexty advice or guidance on those because they have no idea what they doing. no mystery will ever be fully solved unless integrated by a spontaneous outside source or sheer luck. You can find them live on the Twitch app and find our podcast later on YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, Google, and iTunes. Listening may incur death or loss of sanity. We are sorry. This is probably legally binding and you cannot survive. All right, dog. So let's get right back into it, my dude. First things first, we're gonna be talking about some class and weapon changes. So. uh Let's start off right at the top. How are we? How many uh, changes are we looking at for the Dragon Knight?
2: All right. Uh,
1: the Dragon Knight has a few changes. Um, the first one is with the Fiery Breath skill, specifically the Engulfing Flames morph. And this morph's bonus damage taken now scales with a mixture of your weapon and spell damage. Rather than spell damage and max magicka. And then the cap is reached when your combined weapon and spell damage is over 9,000. So
0: it's over 9,000.
1: Yeah, so you have to have like 4,500 magicka or not magicka, but uh, weapon and spell damage each or more weapon damage or whatever. So. So, this is gonna
0: be all of the a lot of the hybridization stuff, especially for the skills um of all these class guys so uh yeah, very interesting a lot of specific morph stuff for the second one we've got searing strike and specifically the burning embers morph. This ability now heals for up to 100% of the damage done anytime it deals damage rather than up to 75% of the total damage done when the effect ends. So this is going to now be more of a, uh, you know, it will be a little bit more of a burst heal just anytime uh, it does damage, you're going to get 100% of the heal uh, right back to you instead of having for the entire effect to go off, so that's kind of cool. And they fixed an issue where this morph's heal could critically strike despite being based off of damage that could already critically strike.
2: So, yeah, that's that's a good thing to
1: good thing to have fixed. All right, uh, the next one is spiked armor return damage from its ability and its morph now scales off a mixture of your physical and spell resistance rather than spell damage and max magicka to help reinforce its identity of a tank ability. Oh my god, that makes so much sense. Yeah, it really does. Why did it even
0: <laughs> scale off your spell damage and max magic before? I don't
1: know. And then you have a volatile armor morph. And the area of effect damage from this ability now scales off your oh, physical yeah. and spell resistance as well, rather than the spell damage and max magicka. So, like, yeah. I wonder how like much more, uh, you know, powerful
0: that's going to be. Well, I guess it's I just It does nothing before, so yeah. Hopefully,
1: it does like I don't know at least two k damage in PvP. Whereas it's doing
0: like 200 damage. So. I thought at first it was saying like the, you know, power of it, you know, how much helpful it is to you will be based off your resistance, not just the return damage. I guess that's still kind of cool though. Yeah. All right. So for my boys, the Necromancers, all, you know, let me hear all you Necros out there. All you Necros stand up because we are the real, you know, curse words that I'm not gonna say right now, but, um, anyways, (laughs) we're the real ones, so, pummeling Goliath, uh, the morph is getting a bit of a update here, bashing can now also proc enchantments or poisons, so, bash builds, man, they're coming back, it's time to go proc, uh, you know, I don't know. I guess it's some enchants or poisons. It's not the biggest update, but uh, it is, you know, if you do the bash build or any kind of, if you use that, then it's just nice. It's extra little thing that will help, uh, you know, when you're in that goliath mode. Then we also have the restoring tether morph getting a little touch up. The heal from all of these abilities and their tooltips will now properly be tracked as area of effect, so... Just kind of uh, behind-the-scenes stuff for that. Not too big
1: of any changes for the Necro, really. All right, next up we have the Nightblade. And the first one is Path of Darkness. Uh, They made some back-end improvements to this ability and its morphs to improve performance. And for the refreshing Path morph, this ability now heals one less time over its duration as a result of the back-end adjustments mentioned above. But its total healing has been increased, which are known changes in its overall power. So, yeah. And then, lastly, for the Sork, we have Strife, and they increase the damage of this ability of and the funnel health morph by uh, five point six percent.
0: That seems like kind of a big increase. I mean, five
1: percent. Yeah, I think uh, that's probably because that uh, usually people go with the other morph, right? Yeah, I think so. Swallow Soul. I think that's. Yeah. Yeah. All
0: right. So, next we've got some sorcerer changes. So, the Crystal Weapon Morph. This ability will now replace imbue weapon or its morphs after casting to help reduce the amount of burst potential it can offer with singular moments. So, yeah, that's interesting. And we'll see how that goes. And then for Lightning Form, this ability and its morphs now last 20 seconds at base, up from 15 to properly match the standard duration of armor buff abilities. So just getting a little buff there. Always nice. Boundless Storm, the morph. This morph now ranks up to 30 seconds at rank up, up from 23. So once again, a little bit longer. And the morph no longer ranks up in one percent, one point one percent damage done per rank. So it lasts a little bit longer per rank now instead of having an increase in damage per rank. Slight increase. Lastly, for the Sork, the uh, Hurricane morph got a little touch up. So the area effect from this morph now grows at eight and fifteen seconds rather than six and eleven, and uh. They reduced the damage bonus per tick to 8%, down from 10%. The total damage bonus will reach 160 at max stacks, up from 150, resulting in slightly more damage. So, uh, you know, it doesn't do as much damage initially, but as the stacks build up in the end, it will do uh, slightly more damage. So, interesting. Uh, Not too many
1: changes there, just uh, little changes. Alright, next up we have the Templar class. Uh, The first one we have Burning Light and this passive not only deals magic damage rather than magic or physical damage, but continues to scale off your highest stats. So, uh, kind of just like a soul trap uh, that we mentioned earlier. Uh, So both of these are just going to do magic damage, but they still scale off both of the both weapon or spell damage. Interesting. All right, next up we have uh, the Biting Jabs morph. Uh, this morph now grants major brutality and major sorcery for 10 seconds after casting, rather than major savagey for 8 seconds. And this is because Sunfire already grants major savagey and prophecy now. So, because of the hybridization, they're kind of changing it up.
0: Yeah, so. Uh, really interesting how a lot of those are going to grant both now and really kind of give you uh, you know the option of uh, if you really want to use it when you're a STAM character. Then
1: you're going to yeah. have that opportunity. Uh, next up we have Spear Shards and they increase the range of this ability and it's morphs to 28 meters up from 25 me- meters. But they reduce the radius of these abilities to 6 meters down from 8 meters to match their visual effects and proper power budget.
0: Ooh, wow. They reduced the radius of sphere shards by a quarter? 25%? That's kind of surprising.
1: Yeah. Uh, although I think, you know, like I said, it's supposed to match the visuals, so I guess it's sitting outside yeah, of it before. Yeah, I guess it's always been. Yeah,
0: I guess that that's pretty much what they mean by that.
2: Yeah.
0: Huh, okay. Well, fair enough. I don't I mean, feel I like, like to to I was ever it getting farther. it
1: really outside the circle. Yeah, I I don't think I was either. But then again, I don't really... Look, I just looked at... I just looked to see the white numbers that pop up when I do direct damage. All right, yeah. All right, next up we have Radiant Ward Morph. And they increase the shield scaling per enemy hit to 20% at rank 4, up from 9%. So, yeah, pretty big improvement, especially for Templars. Especially for my Templar tank, which is pretty bad as is, but now I can, like actually do some good stuff, maybe, hopefully. Yeah, and it's per-enemy hit, too, so... Yeah. Yeah, that could
0: be uh, very effective, especially for, like, Templar Tanks and, like, PvP.
1: Definitely. We'll probably see uh, that Radiant Ward make probably make a comeback for Templar Tanks. hmm And then lastly for the Templar, we have Living Dark. All right, last up, we have a Living Dark Morph. And they reduce the standard potency of this morph to 40% down from 60%.
2: Which one is living dark? It's not ringing a bell.
1: Um, I think it's the bubble. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I th- yeah I'm pretty sure it's one of the bu- bubble morphs. Okay, well, definitely uh,
0: some more than minor changes on the Templar, I'd say there. Kind of interesting. So for my second uh, favorite class here, the Wardens, they actually have a pretty significant amount of stuff going on. First off, we've got the Morph of Deep Fissure. So they increased the duration of Major Breach granted from this Morph to 10 seconds up from 6 seconds. So almost doubled it. That's pretty nice. Then for the growing swarm morph, this morph now limits the number of active targets you can have it on to one. So this is the bugs, you know, your dot. Um, you used to be able to put it on as many people as you want. Now it's only on one at a time. But they increase the damage of the area effect portion of the ability by 50% to make up for the new limit. So it you can only put it on one person at a time, but the it does have an area of effect damage uh, capability, and that damage is going to be more now. So
1: we'll see how that balance works out. Yeah, um, for, like, PvP, though, like I think that one of the main reasons that like, you would not really use it, but, like, it puts a debuff on, like, whoever you're hitting, too. So it's not only a damage over time, but it also hit, does, like, I think Minor Breach or something like that. So it, it puts some kind of debuff, which is usually helpful. So. It's going to be kind of oh, weird now that you can't just, you know, debuff like three or four different people at a time in like battlegrounds or in spawn combat or something. So. I see, I see. Maybe
0: that's why they made it one because they didn't want you to be able to debuff so many people.
1: Maybe it's possible.
0: Okay, so uh, the next one we've got fungal growth, which is going to be your, uh, you know, spam burst heal. So they increase the healing of this ability and its morphs by 12.5% to meet the area of effect burst heal standards. So it's going to be much more on par with like Breath of Life or uh, um, Resistant Flesh, I believe it's called for the Necromancers, uh, or like uh, Green Dragon Blood, much more in line with those burst heals. Uh, Its cost remains the same since it, covers significantly less area than the others so there you go uh it's gonna be a much bigger heal 12.5 percent is not a joke so uh wardens should definitely be feeling that already then we have healing seed which is your aoe heal they made some back end improvements to this ability and it's morphed to improve performance and for the corrupting pollen morph specifically this ability now prioritizes lowest health enemies with major defile.
2: So, yeah. Ragweed season is coming. What does that mean?
1: I don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure Gina put that. So,
0: <laughs> Well, there you guys go. Courtesy of Gina herself. And then uh, we've got two, three more changes here for the warden. Probably more than any other class. So, uh, Lotus Flower, they reduced the cost of this ability and its morphs to 1350, down from 2970, so cut it more than in half. The base ability now grants Major Prophecy and Savagery while active. And for the Green Lotus Morph in particular, this morph now increases the number of targets healed to 2, up from 1. It also increases the healing of the light attack portion to 1500 up from 1320, and the heavy attack portion up to 4500 up from 3960 at rank 4. So increased healing all around. and for the Lotus Blossom Morph, this morph now increases the duration of the effects to 60 seconds at rank 4 up from 20, so much easier to manage that buff now for wardens. Now, uh, we've got Nature's Grasp, which reduced the healing from this ability, and the Nature's Embrace morph by 10%. And uh, this is the Vines. Uh, I'm not really sure why they reduced the healing by 10%, but they did. And then Bursting Vines, the morph, they reduced the healing from this morph by 25% to ensure it is not stronger than other burst heal abilities, such as Rushed Ceremony. So, apparently it was. I don't know about that then for the last one we have ice fortress the morph and uh they increase the duration of this morph to 25 seconds from 24 for slightly easier
2: alignment of ability timers so just small little quality life thing but that's about it gonna wrap up our warden changes and overall our class skill
0: changes. So. Now, we are going to talk about some weapon line skill
1: changes, I believe, if I am correct. Right, dog? Yep. And uh, first off, you know, we have the good old Destro Staff, and they finally added, you know, stuff that people wanted, right? You know, like a source of, like, I don't know, like a major sorcery or major prophecy. But uh, no, there's no changes. And don't worry, there are plenty of two handed changes because. There's a lot. (laughs) Because, you know, yeah,
0: magic users, you know, we only get two skill lines anyways, and only one of them is offensive, so we don't need any love.
1: Exactly, yeah. All right, so first off, in the two-handed skill line, we have carve the Carve Morph, and this Morph no longer increases in damage per stack, but instead increases in duration per stack, each cast increases the maximum duration by 10 seconds with a maximum duration of, of 30 seconds when at 3 sacks. And then they increase the base damage per tick by approximately 66%. And this will result in less overall DPS from the ability when at 3 sacks, but will significantly easier have easier management of the effect. And then the dev comment on this reads, Previously, this ability was allowed to stand alone as an incredible opponent damage over time to help give two-handed weapons some much needed sustained DPS to help it keep up with other weapons. However, the previous iteration created a situation where the maximum stacks were so strong, it was eclipsing many other damage over times in terms of raw DPS. While being incredibly swingy in real content where you needed to back off from your target for a moment, the new iteration will have less volatility in its overall DPS, and gets it closer to other, da- uh, other dots while giving it high uptime to let you focus on other abilities or actions.
0: Kind of an interesting change. Um, I don't know, they make it seem like Cleave is really being overused, and I don't really feel like I see that much Cleave going on in like a PvP setting, or really any setting. But I guess Cleve must have been really OP because they had to scale it back dramatically.
1: It seems. Yeah, uh, I think they're. I think part the main reason for this is that they want to have like stamina DPS viable in trials again, because the, the stamina DPS hasn't really been viable in trials for like three years. Like it's always been like just bring a magical class because stamina classes is just they just get pooped on in trials just. That's just how it is, I guess. But it's either, you know, PvP, it's the opposite. So, kind of weird. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I could feel that. I mean, you could do high DPS with this damn DPS, but you have to be melee.
2: So, it's a dangerous game. Yeah. So uh, next
0: for the two-handed here, I don't know if you wanted to switch off on these since there's a lot, Uh, but we have the Crit Rush Morph. So this ability now ranks up in cost reduction instead of 1.1% damage done per rank, and uh, at max rank it will reduce the base cost, or no, just in general they reduce the base cost to 3510. Damage from 3780. So now, as you get to max rank, it's not going to do slightly more damage. It's going to cost slightly less, and it already costs a bit less than it used to in the first
1: place. So it's going to be a bit more spammable now. Yep. And then we have a stampede, which is the other morph, and they reduce the initial hit of this ability by 20%. They increase the base cost to uh, 45.90 up from 37.80. And they increase the duration of the residual area to 15 seconds up from 10 seconds. And they increase the damage per tick of the damage over time by approximately 3%. All right, and then the dev comment on this reads similar to Carve, the stability's. Similar to Carve, this ability's potency was used up to inject some power for the line's PVE performance, but ultimately created a situation where the other more fell eclipsed entirely, even in PVP. Stampede now focused its damage less on upfront burst, and instead on more sustained damage for targets sitting in the area. Overall, this will reduce the DPS of the skill, as well, while letting it have slightly longer duration to the effect, so you can focus on other actions instead. And I don't know, I always like watching someone uh, just crit rush or uh, stampede it's, uh, an enemy to death in a side of PvP. Like, yeah. it's all, it's just a ridiculous animation. So, <laughs> uh,
0: it is a ridiculous animation. And it does I don't know, I don't think it's gonna be going anywhere even with these changes. still gonna be an effective skill, yeah, definitely, so this is the one that gets my eyeballs going up uh the for momentum, this ability and its morphs now also grant major sorcery for their duration, so now, if you wanna be a you know hybrid- more hybrid kinda slightly magic uh you know you know spell damage based but still a bit more hybrid using a two-handed then you can use momentum and it will gain grant you major sorcery and for the forward momentum morph they increase the final cost of this ability to 3240 up from 2700 so it went up quite a bit but they increased the duration of the major and minor buffs provided from this ability to 40 seconds up from 20. So they literally doubled it. And 40 seconds, quite a while. So yeah, that's going to make it easier for the two handed players to manage that, especially in PvP settings.
1: Yeah, that's like uh, Igneous Weapons. Like, Although I think uh, Igneous Weapons is like 50 seconds or depending on the morph. Like it's really long. Yeah, that's that's crazy long. So I don't know. Like I said, that makes my eyebrows go up. All right. Lastly, we have a reverse slice, and they increase the cost of this ability, and its morphs to twenty four thirty up from twenty one sixty. And then for the executioner morph, this morph longer ranks up in one point one percent damage done per rank, and it reduces the cost per rank. And for a reverse slash morph, uh, this morph slash damage now ranks up to 100% of the original hit, up from 78% at rank four. So a reverse slash is going to do more damage to other targets as well. Very, very interesting. Yeah. It kind of sounds like it's like an AoE execute now, because if it's 100%, you just have to hit the right target and. Then everything should be hitting the same
2: huh yeah i mean i guess that's true that's gonna be interesting
0: man two-handed lots and lots of changes as dog said uh so now that's going to lead us to the one hand and shield section so for the deadly bash skill this or Yeah, this passive now increases damage of your bash attacks by 250 or 500, down from 750 or 1500, but also reduces the cost of bash by 25 or 50%, up from 20 or 40. And the dev comment says, We're easing back the ease of access power that bash builds have access to without making more operational costs to their builds by making choices with sets, enchantments, or champion points while giving a little bit back for them so it doesn't feel like a complete loss. We'll still be keeping a close eye on bash builds moving forward, where they can feel like a cool niche playstyle without making them feel better at bursting people uh, than an assassin. Which, yeah. Unfortunately, rip dogs bash builds. Uh, Sorry
1: about that, man. Yeah, I thought it was going to be getting, you know, buffed uh, this update, but they decided that, like, no... They, they read the community's minds and like, yeah, bash builds have got to go.
0: <laughs> no one's doing them anymore, but let's just
1: make sure we put a nail in that coffin. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have a power bash. This damage from this ability and its morphs are now considered bash damage and interrupt cash, ca- uh, casting targets. This means the damage will increase with the bonuses to bash as well as triggering events that require you to deal bash damage it will not however inherit cost reduction bonuses to bash we also have the uh, power slam morph and the bonus from this ability resentment no longer stacks up to 10 times and it now simply increases the damage of your next power slam by 33% that is interesting yeah, I kind of wonder now if, like, this is going to stack off your, like, weapon or spell damage and bash damage. Right. Or if it just stacks off your bash damage, which, I don't know. That That's going to make it kind of weird. And then the uh, death comment for this reads, In efforts to inject some life into an incredibly niche play style, we've significantly amped up the viability of bash builds by giving them a true spammable. We are aware of how much power is behind bash builds, however, so we'll be keeping a close eye on this functionality and see if we need to tone down the base damage to make up for its ability to stack with new bonuses. So I don't really get this because bash, you know, was the spammable in bash builds. That's why it's called a bash build. And the amount of bash damage given was cut down significantly. So now it's kind of just more of like a sword and shield build, which you can actually stack pretty good. So,
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess they're like, they need a skill to spam, not the bashing.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: For some reason.
2: Yeah, so, Yeah,
1: I don't really get that change, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's a weird one, man.
0: So uh, we got two more little changes for Sword and Shield. And uh, for shielded, shielded Assault Morph, increase the shield granted from this morph to 25% of your max health, up from 15%. So that's pretty big. And then for the Invasion Morph, they reduce the base cost of this morph to 3510, down from 3780. So little change there. All definitely interesting, though.
1: All right, next up we have a dual wield, and they have they changed how flying dagger works. Well, not really. Well, I should read before I say stuff. <laughs> I yeah. mean, kind of. Yeah, so a flying dagger, uh, this ability and its morphs now also grant major sorcery, so just more hybridization. And then with the Flying Blade Morph, uh, the base version of this skill now also grants major brutality and sorcery after casting, rather only after the teleport version. And they increase the damage of the teleport version by 50% to better reward its use. So I actually like that uh, like that change because that's how it used to work. And then they changed it, and I was like, well, I'm no longer using this morph anymore. But now I might use this morph again because... I do kind of have like a little like gap closer type deal with, uh, this ability.
0: Right. That's cool. That's cool. And, uh, you know, it may not make as much of a difference now giving, you know, the major sorcery to flying dagger. There's only so many people still doing that. kind of like melee dual wield, uh, battle mage kind of build. There are people who do it and that will make a difference for them. But back in the day, uh, You know, when you used to have to use a dual wield, uh, you know, if you wanted to get two five-piece sets as a mage, but for uh, staffs counted as two pieces, you would have to use uh, two swords or two daggers. Um, And that would, you know, be a huge thing for, you know, back then. But not as big of a deal now. It's still cool to see the hybridization.
2: Yeah,
1: I definitely agree.
0: Then for the bow, we have some changes. So the bombard morph, this morph no longer allows, this morph no longer also snares targets. And this morph now reduces its cost as the ability ranks up rather than increasing the duration of the negative effects on it. The immobilize remains to be 4 seconds as it was at rank 4. And then for the Venom Arrow Morph, this morph now grants major brutality and sorcery for 10 seconds after casting. So once
1: again, some more hybridization stuff. I didn't even know Venom Arrow granted major brutality. I know. I guess that's just because because everybody uh, uses Poison inject for the execute damage.
0: Right, yeah. I guess that would be the reason you choose Venom Arrow. But there's so many ways to get major brutality too
1: yeah you just use the what's it called rally or whatever the two-handed skill momentum that's what it's called all right and then our last skill line is the resto staff and the first one is blessing of protection this ability and its morphs now follow the area of effect burst heal standards and as such have increased the cost to 4860 up from 3510 Um, They increase the healing done from Blessing of Protection and Combat Prayer by approximately 36%, and the duration of their effects to 10 seconds up from 8 seconds. So I actually kind of like that change, because one of the reasons why I don't like Combat Prayer is because I don't like spamming something like every 6 seconds. And now that it's 10 seconds, I don't know, maybe I'll use it. Maybe. Probably not. But I like to think I will sometime.
0: Definitely more potential. Yeah,
1: who knows? I might be able to get. No, I can't get rid of Breath of Life. That's I can use That's that from insane. like a mile away. <laughs> and then for the the blessing of Restoration Morph, they increase the healing done from this morph by twelve point five percent, and they increase the duration of the buffs provided to twenty seconds up from sixteen. So that one's a little bit more viable. And this is the uh, Clap Hands Heal, right? No, this is like a like. So you know how you have combat prayer? This is the other morph. Of com- this is not combat prayer, but the other one. I'm so unfamiliar with these wrestling so know- skills.
0: Is it the slam on the ground
1: one? Yeah, it's the slam on the ground one. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But it's that one. I think that one gives like I think minor protection or something like yeah,
0: that. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's the one I could never
2: convince you to use because the uh passives were always so, so short. Yeah
1: that in combat prayer yeah all right and then lastly we have the ward ally morph and this morph now reduces in cost as the ability ranks up rather than increases the shield size by 1.1 percent per rank and i am going to be honest i have no idea what that morph or what that skill is (laughs) Yeah, and I was letting you do
0: the rest of the staff because I was like, man, I have <laughs> no idea the rest of the staff. It's been six years of
1: ESO and I've like, hardly touched oh, that no, thing man. still. Yeah, like for uh rest of the staff, I, I know you have Healing Springs, I know you have Combat Prayer, and then I know you yeah. have uh, yeah. Radiant Regeneration. And then we'll, then we'll just, regeneration. Like. Yeah, and those are the three that I really care about. I, I know, like, some people use the resto staff ult in like PvP situations. Um, other than that, I don't I, I don't actually know what the resto staff ult does. So it uses all of the
0: resto staff skills at the same time, I believe. That is weird. So <laughs> it'll give you like the resto shield and like
2: burst heal and like something else. I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> I think, at least, I could be
0: totally wrong on that. Someone's probably yelling in their car right now.
2: Oh, you guys are idiots.
0: <laughs> probably. That's my favorite and that's skill okay. in the whole game. Well, we are sorry. ruining it. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, that's actually gonna wrap it up for us. So uh thank you guys for listening uh we hope you enjoyed us talking about all these patch notes and all these changes uh definitely a lot of stuff to go over eso is going to feel very different for the next three months it's clearly felt very different for this first week uh we won't get into that um you know we're gonna just stay excited for these changes and for the upcoming gesture festival and all the cool stuff going on so, um, I think I'm going to go get on my warden and try that out, see how fungal growth is really feeling because I was excited for that change. But regardless, thank you guys for hanging out with us. And, Dog, why don't you tell them where they can find
1: us when we're not sitting here in front of these microphones? All right, you can find us on Twitter of the at Red Diamond Cast. You can also find us on our Facebook of the Red Diamond Courier. You can find us on our ESO PC or Xbox Cable of Airs the Red Diamond which you can join using the Robots Radio Discord found at robotsradio.net.
0: And if you check our show notes, you can find links to all kinds of awesome things like our sponsors, ESO-hub.com, our music producer, and just all kinds of awesome stuff. And if you go leave us a review on Spotify, we will love you forever. we get to 50 reviews on Spotify, then we will uh, do a giveaway. Also, if you leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, we will gladly shout you out to the stars and uh, have everyone hear your awesome review. So, thank you guys so much for taking the time. Always makes our day when you do. And, uh, Dog, what about you, man? Where can they find you?
1: All right. You can find me on Xbox, Twitter, and ESOPC, all of at DogBart24.
0: And you can find me on Twitter, Twitch, Xbox, and ESOPC, all at Bob underscore Chachinsky. So, thank you guys so much again for hanging out. We will be back next week with uh, some more fun. I don't even know what we're going to do yet, but
1: we'll be back, and it'll be fun. So there you go. Yeah, sounds like a plan. See ya.
2: You've been listening to a Robots Radio
1: podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell.
2: And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember.
1: There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources.